Well, today my message is entitled, Share Your Faith with Prayer. And we're going to be talking about how prayer can be an incredibly important and incredibly effective way for us to share our faith with others. Not only is prayer an effective tool to share our faith, it's something that every single believer can use. I mean, really, a child of an age four or five can effectively share their faith through prayer, as well as someone who's all the way up, okay, be careful with my language, uh, from younger to older, okay, we can all share our faith with, with others. And I'm very excited about this word that God has given me to share this morning. I know a lot of people are gone on Christmas vacation, and, and because of that, I'm going to be sharing bits and pieces of this in future Sundays as well. But it's, it's a very important teaching, I believe, <clears throat> that God has given to me this morning that it's going to impact each of our lives. If we really implement it in our lives, if we apply it, if we seek God to apply it, it's going to impact our church as well. First, we want to see what the Word of God has to say about the value of prayer. When we truly understand the value and power of prayer, then we're going to be motivated to put it into practice. We're going to be motivated to, to actually do it, to be consistent with it. And why is it difficult? It's difficult because the enemy doesn't want us to pray. Why is it so difficult for me to pray, Pastor? I, I pray and I get going and then I get busy and it fizzles out. Because the enemy doesn't want us to pray. And so today we're going to look more about the value of prayer. In the middle of your bulletin is a white page, a handout like this. I'd encourage you to take it out and follow along uh, during the message. It has the outlines there and you can take some notes as well. We're going to look at six values that prayer brings to us. And I'm not going to say much about them. I'm just going to go through them. Actually, we could have gone through many more than six. I just put six down to illustrate the incredible importance and value of prayer. And I encourage you during the week to take out this handout again and read over it again and pray over it in your personal time with God. It's not enough just to hear it on Sunday morning. We need to really bring it into our our thoughts, we need to meditate on it in order for it to have its, its maximum impact. What does prayer do? Well, prayer brings the Lord near. Anybody want the Lord near to them? I want the Lord near to me. I want to be close to God because that's the safest place you can be. It says in Psalm 145, 18, The Lord is near to all who call on Him. To all who call on Him in truth. And so when we pray, God comes near to us. Prayer brings God's blessing. Romans 10, 12. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. When you pray, God is going to bless you. Prayer brings help in time of need. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God wants to meet your needs through prayer. Prayer brings physical healing, James 5.15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. God wants to heal those who are sick. Prayer brings joy. Jesus himself said in John 16.24, Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. 
You want your life filled with joy, ask, you'll receive, and you'll be filled with that joy God wants to give you. Prayer brings understanding, Jeremiah 33, 3. God says, call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. God knows a whole lot more than you or me. Anybody else figured out you can't figure out everything in your life? It's too complex. It's just a, a swirl of things going on around us. People who think they can figure out and plan their lives are sadly mistaken. Only God knows what direction we ought to go. And so as we seek him, he'll give us understanding. He'll direct our paths. And so prayer has incredible value because it's not just us speaking words in an empty room. It's because prayer connects us to a supernatural God. It brings God's supernatural power into our lives in our situations. And so prayer can bring the blessings that we read about, that we've read about this morning, into our lives. And prayer can also bring those same blessings into the lives of people who are far from God. Prayer can draw people closer to God. Prayer can bring the lost to salvation. And I believe that prayer is one of the most effective and, and one of the easiest ways to share our faith with people we know who are not yet believers. Now, oftentimes when we talk about sharing our faith with, with other people, we tend to think about explaining the Bible or explaining truth about God, and that is certainly part of it. But the gospel is not just about words. It's not just about conveying truth. It's also about the power of God impacting people's lives so that they actually experience God working in and through us as we touch people's lives for Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Not just prayer in general, but how can we share our faith with prayer? First of all, we need to be prepared to share. The Bible tells us, be prepared to share your faith with others. And if you're going to use, if we're going to use prayer to share our faith with others, we, we need to be prepared. Now today, our primary passage is taken from Acts chapter 3, and it's where Peter and John shared their faith through prayer. And so if we're going to pray for somebody else, we need to prepare by praying privately daily. I'm just going to jump ahead in Acts to chapter 10 just to show what Peter's practice was of prayer. It says, About noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. Now this is a whole other story I'm not going to get into this morning, but Peter's normal practice was to pray. How did he learn that? He watched Jesus. And Jesus prayed. Every day he went out, got up early, he prayed. He stayed up late, he prayed. He was praying all the time. And Peter, the other apostles, learned about prayer from Jesus and they continued the practice. Peter prayed privately. He prayed fervently. And when Peter prayed in this situation in Acts chapter 10, God spoke to him, gave him a vision and showed him things he didn't know. There was a result to his prayers. And so we too, if we want God to use us in personally praying for and ministering to others, we need to be people of prayer in private as well. And if we can't pray in private, how are we going to pray with somebody else? And so that's where it begins with private prayer. Jesus told us that if we only pray in public for others to hear and we don't pray in private, 
we're hypocrites because we're just doing it for show. But if we have a personal prayer life, regular prayer life, and we build that prayer, God can then use us and prepare us to pray for others and share our faith in that way. But preparation to share our faith with others is not only through private prayer, it's also through corporate prayer. Our story begins in Acts 3 verse 1. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And so there was a prayer meeting at the temple. And Peter and, Peter and John's regular uh, schedule was to go to this prayer meeting at 3 p.m. and pray with others. It was their customary practice. So not only did they pray privately, they prayed with other believers as well. And Jesus taught them again that he was present in a special way where two or three were gathered together. There's something about corporate prayer that adds another dimension to prayer. It's not enough just to pray by yourself. You need to pray with other people or you're going to miss out a lot of the power, a lot of the blessings of prayer. When you pray with others corporately, you learn from others. You hear others praying and you learn how they pray and they learn from you. You're able to pray for others because you know what they're praying for. They're able to pray for you. You encourage each other. Your faith, your unity together grows and as it does, the power of those prayers increases. And so both, both personal and corporate prayer habits were part of Peter's preparation. There's a lot of P's in that sentence. <laughs> personal and corporate, I didn't. Prayer habits were part of Peter's preparation. See if you can say that 10 times really fast. Okay, to be used by God to share his faith in prayer. Both are very important. Now, everybody's really busy these days. Anybody here not busy, raise your hand. I want to learn the secrets of your life. Everybody's really busy. Uh, it's just the fact of our lives. But sometimes we're busy with the wrong things. Because God never gives us more to do than we're capable of handling. And when you think there's not enough hours in the day, God never gives us more to do than we're capable of handing, handling. But if we're too busy to spend daily time with God in prayer and reading the Bible, then we're too busy with something we shouldn't be doing. And I usually encourage people to carve out, if you're not regularly praying on your own with God, 15 minutes a day of prayer and reading the Bible. Now that's just a starting point. But I think if you look carefully at your life, even if you're really busy, you can carve out 15 minutes to spend with God. You might have to give up 15 minutes of sleep. You might have to give up 15 minutes of watching the news or something else. But there is time there. It usually works best to do this in the morning because I found if you don't do it in the morning, your day gets busy and you just keep going and going and going until you collapse on your bed and there's no time in the evening. Some people can do it in the evening. For most people, it works best in the morning. Private prayer, very important. If you're not doing it regularly, I encourage you to make a commitment to God this morning to be more faithful in private prayer. We spend time in corporate prayer every Sunday morning. And when someone in the front is praying, join your heart to them. Don't just listen, but you pray along with the person. If you just listen as a spectator, you don't get all the blessing that is there if you would join your heart to the person praying. So when we pray, join your heart to them and agree. We also have begun a, a monthly prayer and praise night on Wednesdays. Our life groups meet 
several times a week and there's always time to pray in the life group. So we have a lot of opportunities for corporate prayer. Now prayer, private and corporate prayer accomplish things in and of themselves, but they also prepare us to share our faith through prayer. But we need to be prepared in those areas before we step out into sharing our faith through prayer. I believe God has so much more for us and our church as we grow in our prayer life, as we grow in praying. But in order to grow, we have to be willing to change. We have to be willing to adjust our priorities to give priority to prayer. After we've prepared, we need to recognize the needs of others. As I said before, the focus of this message today is, is on praying for others as a means of sharing our faith. Now, every believer knows we ought to share our faith. But poll after poll tells us that in America today, believers are not sharing their faith. They're afraid to share their faith. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And that's why I believe this word this morning is so important because this is a way to share your faith that anybody can do. But in order to pray for others, we need to recognize what needs other people have. The needs of people that we know. The needs of people in our lives. And we need to have compassion for those needs. We actually have to care about those people and the things they're going through in order to effectively pray for them. A person may not recognize their true need. And so we need God's help to discover a person's true need. Our story continues in verse 2 of Acts 3. It says, Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now remember, Peter and John were going to this regular prayer meeting at 3 p.m. in the temple courts. And something else seemed to occur regularly at the temple gate. It was this beggar was laid there by somebody, brought there and laid down so he could beg and get money from people in order to get food, whatever else he needed in life. And one day the beggar asked Peter and John for money. Now I don't know, you know, if Peter and John were regularly going there, but if there was a lot of people going there, perhaps they didn't even see the beggar or in the midst of the crowds he never asked them for money before. I don't know. It, it may be this was the first time. I think it probably was the first time he asked Peter and John for money. And so it would seem that the beggar's need was money. You know, if he didn't have money, he couldn't buy food and he couldn't eat. And so he was asking for that. But as we go on in the story, we'll see that that was not the beggar's true need. God wanted to do something else in his life than just give him money to get him by for the next week. God wanted to do something much more lasting, much more permanent that was going to have a wider effect, a much wider impact than just giving the man some money. And Peter needed to hear from God. Because as we'll see, Peter didn't have any money. What could he do? He needed to hear from God. Now, to recognize the needs of others, we need to discover the true need. And we do that partly by engaging with the person. Acts 3, 4, and 5. And not assuming things. Peter looked straight at him. That's the beggar. And as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And so Peter looked at this man asking for money and he began to engage with him. 
He said, look at us. And he began to talk to the man. And the man was expecting to get money from, from uh, Peter. But I believe as Peter spoke to the man, he was simultaneously talking to God. God, what do you have here? What do you want to do with this man? He was being sensitive to listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying. Now, Peter and John had an appointment for a 3 p.m. prayer meeting. Since they were apostles, maybe they were the leaders of the prayer meeting. They may have been tempted to say, we don't have time to deal with this beggar. We've got a prayer meeting to go to. And we're going to be late. But they allowed their schedule to be interrupted. To engage with this beggar, this man who needed God's touch in his life. That was what God's work was for them at that minute. And so they took time with him. The beggar was still looking for money, but Peter and John were listening to God. What do you want us to do? And they began to realize that God had something different. He had something more powerful in mind than simply giving the man a few it wouldn't have been dollars, but drachmas or whatever it was. So let's begin to apply these principles to our lives here in St. Louis in 2012. How can we share our faith with prayer? Each of us has different routines in our lives, don't we? Many of us go to work every day. And there's people there, workmates around us that we get to know. Others... Other times we go to the grocery store, we go shopping, we go to work out, we visit our relatives, we do other things. We, we have many spheres of influence. We talk to our neighbors, many circles of people that you know. There's people you know, I don't know. I mean, each of us, without exception, knows people that the person sitting next to you doesn't know. People that you have a relationship with. In the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our schedules, in the midst of having to go here and there, we need to ask God to open our eyes to the needs of people around us. Everybody you know has needs. There's nobody on the face of this planet who has no needs. Each person has needs. And we need to ask God to open our eyes to see what those needs are. And one way is to open our ears. To listen to what other people say. Do the people around you ever complain about anything? No, just a few, okay? Do the people around you ever grumble about anything? Well, those are clues. Those are clues to needs in their life. Are things that they want to change. People have all kinds of needs. Some people need physical healing. They come to work. Oh, my head is killing me. Ah, clue, they have a need. They have a headache. That's a need. We're going to see what we can do about it in a minute. Some people need emotional healing. Other people need financial help. Many people have deep-seated relationship problems. And when I worked at Monsanto many years ago, if you weren't careful, it was easy if you had a listening ear and a compassionate heart to have people come to your cubicle and never get any work done. 
They would come and share their problems because everyone is looking for somebody who is sympathetic, who would listen and even pray for them. Other people have problems in their jobs. If you work on a job, does anybody ever complain about job situations or bosses? It happens from time to time. People might have troubles with addictions, issues with their children. The list of needs goes on and on and on. So what can we do? Well, we listen to God. God, what do you want to do in this person's life? I discern they have a need. What can I do? If you're a believer, what you can do is you can pray. You can connect that person to this great God that we serve through prayer. You can ask that person, can I pray for you for this need? And you know what? People rarely say no. They rarely say no. They go, oh, yeah? If they're not a believer at all, they usually say, what can it hurt? That's just words. And if they have some openness to God, they'll, they'll be very touched that you offered to pray for them. Now, it's going to take some boldness. It's going to take some courage. It's as simple as that, though. Can I pray for that headache? Can I pray that God would heal your headache? Can I pray that God would work in that situation with your spouse that you're having trouble with? Can I pray that God would meet this financial need that you have pressing you don't know how you're going to meet? Can I pray for you? And then if the situation permits, ask them if you can pray for the need right there. Now that's where you need some courage, you need some wisdom. But I prayed for many people at Monsanto. Again, every work situation is different. Just use discernment. But that's the most effective, to pray personally with the person right there. The majority of times, Jesus prayed personally with people. Yes, there were times he spoke the word and people were healed at a distance. But that was, that was the exception to the rule. If you read through the Gospels, he personally prayed with people. There's something about praying with someone in the power of God coming from the believer to the other person that is there. If you can't pray with him right then, say, well, I'd like to pray for you. And I'll do it on my own, or I'll ask my life group to pray. We'll get a bunch of people to pray for you. That's also possible. And then it's very important you to ask them and tell them, I'm going to check back with you later and see how things are going. You see, you leave the door open to talk to them again. And so the next day, if it's a simple thing like a headache, or even later in the day, say, how is that headache doing? So, oh, it's gone. Say, praise God. God answered prayer. And they go, no, it's because I took a Tylenol. I say, well, you know, we prayed and the headache is gone. And sometimes it takes repeated answers of prayers before they realize that something supernatural is going on. That God really does answer prayers. So what are the steps? I should have had these written out. You know, discern the need. People have needs. Discern the needs of people in, in your life. Secondly, ask the person if you can pray for that need. And then pray for that need. And make sure you open the door, leave the door open and saying, I'm going to check back with you and see how it's going. 
And if the need is not met, you say, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on praying until the need is met. And you keep the door open. So we say, oh, it's so hard to talk to people about spiritual things. Is that hard to do? No. And very few people are going to say, no, don't pray for me. Very few people are going to say that. And that can be an ongoing thing that can build into other things as well. And so God loves to meet those kind of prayers, to answer those kind of prayers, because they show people that he's real. And so we meet the need with prayer. If you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, you better pray for them. You don't want them to come the next day and say, did you pray for me? And you go, oh, I forgot. It's not, <laughs> that's not going to go over too well. And so if you tell somebody you're going to pray, pray for them. Again, if you pray for them right there, let them know you're going to continue to pray and you're going to check back with them. Just leave the door open. Leave the door open. Now, some needs are immediately met by God. And we call those miracles. And in our story, that's what happened. It's a miracle. Now, miracles are by their very nature, they're not a routine, everyday thing. Many prayers, most prayers are met over a period of time by God in a less dramatic fashion. It's still supernatural, it's still God at work, but it's not an instantaneous miracle that makes people go, oh! you know, it's like if somebody has the headache and you say, God, take away this headache, and it's gone. You know, that's a miracle. So when we pray, believe that God is going to meet the need. Back to our story in Acts 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, he's speaking to the beggar, he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. Now if the beggar's true need was money, Peter had none to give. Nothing of consequence to give the man. But Peter had something else. Money is rarely a person's true need. There are times people do need some money, but... You know, money gets used up very quickly. You give somebody money and it's spent and it's, they're back to square one. I'm not saying it's never the answer, but it's really the person's true need. In this case, the man's true need, his true physical need, was to be able to walk. Why didn't he have any money? Because he couldn't walk. He couldn't work. In those days, there was no computers for disabled people to work on. If you weren't physically able, you couldn't support your family. And so what he needed was to be healed, his need to be met so that he could earn money and support himself. So what did Peter have to give to the man? Well, Peter had a rock-solid belief in the power of Jesus Christ. He had an enormous faith in the power of prayer. And as he, as he gave this command, I believe it also, in a way, was a prayer. He was calling on God to heal the beggar as he spoke those words at the direction of the Holy Spirit. Because words in and of themselves have no power if they're not connected to God. And so Peter's words connected that beggar's paralyzed body, his feet and his ankles that didn't work, connected them with the supernatural power of God. And as we pray for others, we need to pray until the need is met. Many answers to prayers never come because we give up. We quit too soon. We begin to pray. We pray a few times. We don't see anything happening. 
and we quit. We need to pray until the need is met. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. It's interesting, if you read this closely, Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And nothing happened. It didn't work. Nothing happened. But he was sensitive to the Spirit of God. The Spirit said, lift him up. Okay, <laughs> I'll do that. And as he took action, as he coupled his prayer with an action, as he touched the beggar's body, somehow the power of God flowed into him and he was healed. Amazing miracle. And the man went with Peter and John. He went into the temple, walking, leaping, praising God. The man's physical condition had been healed, but I also believe God had done something in the heart of that man because he was praising God. He, in that moment, put his faith and trust, I believe, in Jesus Christ, the one who had healed him. And he praised God. And so meeting that physical need through prayer resulted not only in the man's feet being healed, but the man becoming a believer. Salvation came to the beggar as well. But this answer to prayer had an even bigger effect as we continue to read to the end of the story. And we need to seize the opportunity to share our faith when God answers prayers. Let's finish out the story, verses 9 through 12. It said, When all the people saw him, that is the beggar, walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Cask Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? And so the Bible tells us that this man had been crippled from birth. He was over 40 years old. He'd been crippled for 40 years. This wasn't like the man had sprained his ankle, you know, the week before and it had gotten better. This man had been disabled for 40 years from birth. It was an amazing miracle. And people in the temple had seen him laying there for year after year for decades. And so they were astonished. And so Peter following the Holy Spirit's leading, seized the opportunity and he began to share the truth of Jesus Christ with the crowd. No, it wasn't my words that healed the man. It was Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about him. Let me begin to share who he is and how he can impact your life. How you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ just as I do. And so the testimony of a changed life through prayer, this healing testimony, opened the door for sharing the Word of God with, with many others. Acts 4.4 tells us that thousands of people believed because of this answer, this amazing, miraculous answer to prayer. And so, as God answers the prayers we pray for others, it's going to open the door to further talk about the truth of God's Word. It's going to open the door to sharing our faith. What God has done for us. Leading people to an understanding of salvation. 
And so we've talked now about how prayer can open doors to sharing our faith with others as we pray for people's needs. And I'd strongly encourage everyone here to make a commitment today to pray for the needs of people around us. I guarantee you, you know people that have needs in your life. You know people who you could pray for. Now, how is that going to happen? One way, asking God to give you courage, give strength, showing you the opportunities, giving you eyes to, to hear, well, eyes to see and ears to hear. Now, on the back of your bulletin, the very bottom, you see my to-do list for this week. Some of the things remain the same. But the second bullet there is look for opportunities to pray for someone this week. And I'd encourage you, this is just for you. You're not going to turn it in. I'm not going to see it. Check that box. Say, I'm going to look. I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to ask God this week. I'm not going to leave here this Sunday and forget about this message. I'm actually going to do something different this week. I'm going to look for opportunities. And I, I pray that each of us could make this a regular practice because it really makes life exciting again. So I encourage you to check that box. You're going to look for opportunities this, this week. And when you get an opportunity to pray for somebody, let's let each other know. Let me know. I'm not saying the prayer even has to be answered right away. Just let me know. There was somebody at work and they said this and I prayed for them. That's encouraging. Somebody actually did it. You know? I had a neighbor and they came over and had this problem and I said, can I pray for you? And they said, yes. And I did it. Let's encourage one another. Uh, send me an email. There's an email address at the top of here. If, if uh, not, should say if. When? When you pray for somebody. I want to get a topic on the city where we can, people that are on the city, not everybody's on there, but if you're on there, you can put it there and I'll see it there as well. Other people can see it. But let's encourage one another. Let's not get worried right now about, was that prayer instantly answered? Let's not get worried about, no, a miracle didn't happen instantly like in Acts 3. Let's begin to pray and keep on praying and trust God. Let's begin to take advantage of those opportunities that I know God has for us to do. And as we hear about other people praying for people, we can join in those prayers for that person. And so there's more people praying for that person and greater powers going into that situation. I believe God is going to do incredible things if we'll prioritize prayer in our life and take prayer beyond just praying for me, myself, and my aches and pains and my immediate family, and thinking about people beyond. God is going to do incredible things. Now, I also want to talk about another way uh, that we as a church are, I believe, going to make an impact with prayer. And uh, last Sunday, the Lord's been speaking to me about prayer quite a bit, and last Sunday, He really spoke to me and led me to, led me to begin what I believe is going to be more of a regular part of our Sunday morning service. And that's a ministry time after the message. We've done it occasionally in the past, uh, usually on communion Sundays, but I believe God wants us to raise the emphasis on prayer in this 
church family. Ministry time is a time for us to respond to God's word. It's a time for us to receive ministry from the Lord. And the way we do that is through prayer. And so during this ministry time, which is going to be at the end of the message, as we did last Sunday and as we're going to continue to do, I'll pray some corporate prayers. Uh, that will be for all of us. But as I said before, engage your heart as we pray. Engage your heart and make it your own. But I'm also going to give opportunity for people to come down to the front. And you can come down to the front for a number of reasons. You can come down because you're responding to the message and saying, God, I want to commit today to praying, looking for opportunities to pray for the needs of others. And I want to do something physical to make that known. So that I'm not going to forget it. Yes, I went down. I made that commitment before God. And I joined with others who prayed for me to encourage me in that commitment. Whatever need you have in your life, you can come down front and get prayed for. I can't know every need represented here. There's probably hundreds of needs represented here this morning. I can't know everyone. And if I don't call out your need, you still can come. You can come for prayer. Uh, this Sunday, uh, myself, my wife Carol, Pastor David and Nancy will be here to pray for you and we believe that God is going to meet needs supernaturally in your lives. As I said before, most often Jesus ministered to people personally. He was there, he prayed for them, he laid his hands upon them and I think we're really missing things when we just say, well, I'm praying about it, I guess that's good enough. We need others to join in prayer with us. And there are things such as spiritual gifts that move through people and can meet the needs in a supernatural way. And as our faith grows, as God answers more prayers among us, and you can pray for your own needs, you can come down front and pray for the needs of others as well. We can pray for those as well. And as God meets those needs, as God answers prayers, then we can share them with others. And so I encourage everybody in the church as we begin to move in this, in this way, in a greater dimension, don't be shy. Don't have all kinds of thoughts why you don't need prayer. Uh, be sensitive to God. And you can come down more than once. Oftentimes people say, well, they prayed for me once and it didn't work. Well, come down again. You can come down multiple times until the answer comes. And I believe that in the future, God's going to use this to draw even more people to meet Him here in this church. Because as we see begin, God begin to answer prayers here in this ministry time, here on Sunday mornings, when you hear of people with needs, yes, you can pray for them personally, but you can also invite them to church and tell them that there's a time here where a pastor can pray for them. That's becoming more unique, you know. A lot of churches, there's just a video up there. Here, actually, a pastor can pray for you to see your needs met every Sunday. So are you ready to see God do great things through prayer? Are you ready for God to use you to share your faith through prayer? I believe I'm ready. I believe you're ready, too. 
let's press into God this ministry time. Let's make a commitment in our own hearts to praying for others personally and inviting them to church for ministry.